Welcome to Glass Bones Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Burke. Joining me today, as always, is the beautiful Mr. Kyle Franz. So today we are starting our team breakdown that we've been doing. So we're starting with the playoff teams. We are going to hit the Atlantic Division first. So Kyle, how are you doing today? And uh, what's going on? How's it going, buddy? Uh, I'm doing well. We're uh, recording here on Friday night, which is different for us. It's usually Thursday, but because it's Friday, I have to sit here and watch the Water Dogs and the Whip Snakes play on my phone. But I'll stay concentrated and excited to talk about some playoff teams. Uh, yes. My bad. Unfortunately, life happens, and sometimes you need to move <laughs> stuff around. So, yeah, great. Yeah, I got to get that lacrosse going. So when we when we eat our Taco Bell in between the two recordings we're going to make tonight, we're going to be watching that on the big screen. It's going to be great. Oh, so we're going to get right into it. We're going to get going here, so that way we can get to the Taco Bell, as we already mentioned, so that way, you know, we can have some fun and enjoy life. So I'm going to start us off here. We're going to start with Florida. So, I mean – they made it to the Stanley Cup final and realistically they shouldn't have even been in the playoffs. So, you know, you know, we know, they know that this team's getting a good grade, but I'm going to break it down. So I really liked what they did with the free agency class. So they didn't spend a ton of money, but they bolstered their bottom six so well, bringing in white, bringing in cousins, bringing in stall. And then also signing Mark stall too was such a, there's a, to me, is what you want when you're looking at free agency. You want to be bringing in complimentary pieces. You don't want to be going and signing necessarily the big guy because that sometimes comes with a lot of consequences. And Florida doesn't have any of those. All those guys were on one-year deals. Sorry, Cousins was on a two-year deal. But both Stalls and White were both on one-year. All three of them were on one-year deals. There's no restrictions. There's nothing keeping them back from next year, all that kind of stuff. They don't, they're not tied to a contract for seven years or anything like that. It was really good. I really liked what they did. And they. I really am surprised that they haven't signed White back. I thought for sure that he was going to get another contract from them. And I'm a little surprised. But you know, free agency isn't over yet. And there's some dollars to move and stuff like that. So we'll see what happens. It's not over yet. But I really like that. And then moving. So I gave them an A for their signings, which I don't need to go through every single rating here. But uh, I really liked what they did with their signings. So when it came to the trades, so, at the beginning of the season, they go big and they go after Matthew Kachuk, which at the time, I thought they had paid too much for him. To be fair to to Calgary, I thought Calgary got a boatload for this guy and Calgary's going to come out screaming winners of this trade. That clearly is not the case. I mean, some of that is Huberdeau and, and that falling through and just him being so bad there. And... Some of it was just Matthew Kachuk's play. It was just outstanding in Florida, especially once they got into the playoffs and he could really shine. So I think now at this point, I still don't think it's clearly Florida's the winning team here because I do think that there is something they, – they got good value out of it. I think it depends on can Huberdeau bounce back and, ha- and put up another 90-point season and be a ni- consistent 90-point guy. And can Uyghur consistently play and, and be that kind of replacement for at some point you're Chris that Chris Stanev is going to move on and then they're going to have that nice punch of him and Rasmus Anderson. So I think that there's, you know, there's there's something there. So we'll talk more about that when we get over to the Calgary. But I did really like that trade. I thought that that was a really good trade for both teams. Both teams got something that they wanted and it looked like Florida had gotten fleeced. And now it's looking like 
Calgary may have gotten fleeced. We'll see what about Huberto does. But yeah, I really like that. And then when it comes down to that, was really their only trade this year. They didn't make any moves. Did they? That they didn't make any moves at the deadline. They just kind of ran with the team that they had, and that was really cool to see. I think that that showed Zito had trust in his team to get the job done. And while it took some help from Pittsburgh, it they still did. They got the job done, and so that was I think really good for them. So. Their their play their team play overall was was mediocre for most of the season. It really wasn't anything impressive. But Brosky was meh. Obviously, Spencer Knight ends, enters into the player assistant program, and and he's gone from the from the team for a while. But another free agent that they signed, which was Alex Lyon, saved their season because if he's not starting the thirty games that he starts, this team is definitely not in playoffs. And so another really good key signing by Zito that really worked out well for them. The other piece was the Josh Mahura pickup off waivers. That was such a steal off the waivers. Like that's just crazy to get somebody who played. He played every single one of their games this year, all 82 in the regular season and the 12 or 16, 14. I forget what the number was. That games that Florida played in the postseason, he played every single one, and it was really cool to see. So. While they certainly had their struggles, and obviously they should not have been in the playoffs if Pittsburgh would have won any of their games that they should have. But still, to get to there and then to get into the playoffs and then do what they did in the playoffs, I think really speaks of what this team can do. And I really think that overall they had a really good year. So I ended up giving them an A-minus rating, which is what I'm sticking with. And I think that that was a, a good rating for them and a good year for them. So we'll see what they're up to next year, which we'll talk about when we preview next year. But this year was a good year for Florida, and I think it's good for the fans to have this team in front of them and something for the fans to get behind. Yeah, I agree. I If the season was all we're grading, like, it would have been terrible. It would have probably been a D, honestly, because they were they were so bad in the season. Uh, you brought up like the, the trade, obviously. You know, it's it's crazy how everyone's saying that's a, that Florida fleeced them and stuff but you know what's funny though calgary had more points than florida in the regular season like they had 93 points and florida had 92 like okay but if calgary's in the east in the atlantic and florida's in the west in the central no pacific uh like florida's not playoffs and calgary's in the playoffs so it's hard to, and, and Kachuk's not having the playoff run and we're sitting here going, eh, both teams kind of, man, I mean, Kachuk had a better season than Huberto and Uyghur had, but still they're in the playoffs. Maybe they're proving something different in the playoffs and it's a completely different topic, but mm. yeah, it's crazy how those little things can change. And it, it does, it changes everything. Uh, just little signings like Alex Lyon, they don't make that signing. They're not in the playoffs because Bobrovsky was not playing well and they needed a goalie to come in and make some saves and win some games, and he was doing that. Uh, one thing you got to point out was President's Trophy winners last year. You had a Coach of the Year finalist in Andrew Burnett, and you let him go and bring in Paul Maurice, who has won games but has never really done anything. Like he, He's had a good career. He's a good coach, but he's never – it's not like you brought in, you know, Joel Quenville. Like you brought in someone that has had great regular season success and never done anything in the playoffs. So that was risky. And you know what? He pushed the right buttons to make this team 
do things in the playoffs and no one expected them to do. So, uh, yeah, I mean, because in the season, their goal differential was plus 17, which is pretty solid. Like, it's okay, but that's not a Stanley Cup final team, like, goal differential. That's not what you're really looking for. That's that's just okay. But, yeah, when it comes to the players, though, Carter Verhage had a great year again. That guy is just, he's a pure goal scorer. He just scores, 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 and it's it's very impressive to uh, see his his shot is just lethal. His skating ability. Like he's just a very good player. Mm-hmm. 42 goals. I mean, it's crazy. A guy that Tampa, of all teams, let mm-hmm. go a couple of years ago, moved on from, let him walk, and here now he's all son of 40 goal scorer. So I think it's really cool to see him. Uh, Brandon Montour really stepped up this year. He really uh, took his game to a different level than I think anybody thought he could get to especially after Anaheim. I thought he would be the guy he was this year in Anaheim. Then he went to Buffalo. For some reason, that Buffalo curse for about six years there, it was crazy. Everybody that went there that you thought would take that next step took a big step backwards. So to see him move on to Florida last trade deadline, and now he's looking like he's a top 20, 30 defenseman in the NHL, if not better. I mean, a lot of people have probably had him up for Norris this year. So Mm -hmm. great season for him. Uh, I guess the only negative player I could really like find, they had a couple, but Barkov really wasn't himself this year. I, I know he had a lot of issues. He was sick for a while. He was having, I think it was COVID issues. He never recovered fully from it. He, luckily, the playoffs were there for him because especially the second round on in the Boston series, I didn't think he looked that good. But from that point on, he really stepped up his game and recovered his season to be good. But I think next year, if Florida's going to do this again, he's going to have to be better. His stats aren't terrible. 23 goals, 55 assists, plus 10. It's not terrible, but that's not what Barkov is. Barkov's a 70 to 80-point player easily. Uh, now, losing Huberto might have had a lot to do with that. They had great chemistry, but still, I think he's a good enough player to do better than that. So and and it wasn't sixty eight games. So like he would, but like I said, you could tell he wasn't feeling himself all the time. So I'll be curious to see next year. He needs to be better next year if they're gonna um, try to run this back. Yeah, uh, if the season, like I said earlier, if the season would have uh, been, if Pittsburgh would have beat Chicago, <laughs> like we've said how many times, uh, Florida's not here. They're getting a degrading. I gave them a B plus. That playoff run was unheard of. What they did, it was very impressive. So, yeah, I, I, that's all I really have on them. I think it's very cool what they did, but I'm really curious to see next year that they could run it back again, or I think they could collapse. It, it's going to be interesting to see because this it's not what we're talking about. We're reviewing, but this off season. Didn't really, they didn't really do anything to to get me excited. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. I, I think that they're. Yeah, I mean, we don't want to go to. I don't want to go into previewing what they're what they're headed or anything like that. But yeah, yeah we, we, we have to... a long off season ahead of us to talk about that. <laughs> exactly, and I don't need to do that right now. But yeah. But the only thing I wanted to touch on was the Barkov thing, which is, yeah, absolutely spot on. He just wasn't himself this year. And I'm interested. I wonder how much of that did have to do with Huberto being treated mm-hmm. and just not having him on his wing for the first time ever, pretty much. 
you know, or at least and, and not on the team too. Like so, but yeah. Anyway, keep us moving here, Kyle. Let's let's move on. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're gonna move on to Tampa Bay next. Uh, Tampa was a tough one. This was probably of the ones we did, other than maybe like Chicago. I think Tampa was the toughest one I had because my expectations for Tampa are just be there. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, banking three straight Stanley Cup finals in a row. I have trouble knocking them because <laughs> they looked tired in that Toronto series. Vasilevsky played probably his worst six games of goaltending I've seen from him, but I'm not upset with it. I didn't knock their grade down because of it. Um, their season was weird. I I, I don't. <laughs> it, it's tough because like okay, I'll just go to the trades. Okay, trade Ryan McDonough. We knew that was going to hurt, and I thought it would hurt worse for the 82 games. They did a pretty solid job of filling that role. You just really noticed it in that playoff series. So, because uh, like, like a guy like signing like Ian Cole to a cheap contract to try to replace him, because that's what that's what it is. When you start winning, the salary cap sucks, and the salary cap's going to beat you up every time. So, uh, bringing in Ian Cole, like I thought he had a good season, but in the playoffs he stuck out big time. He was they. Toronto was just feasting when he was on the ice. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he had a he had a rough playoffs, but I thought he had a good season because he was brought in to replace Ryan McDonough, who me and you have talked about a hundred times, million times, because I think Ryan McDonough is the best defenseman in the NHL. So, like defensively, you you don't have a better matchup better matchup defenseman than Ryan McDonough, and mm-hmm. so if you lose him, you're gonna hurt, and I think it showed for Tampa. Um, when it comes to certain players, I mean, Kucherov, Stamkos, Point, they did what you would expect them to do. They had their normal seasons, 100, 100 points, 95 points, 84 points, like for those three guys. One thing that stuck out to me when I was looking at them and like, I don't know, I feel like when we've done this review, like I sound like a plus minus guy. I'm, I never was until I did this. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, it sticks out. I don't know why. It just it does though. When you're looking at it, it sticks out. And plus minus is a serious stat. Like mm-hmm. I don't harp on it too much, but when things stick out, they like stick out. So I'm looking at those three guys, Kucherov minus two with 113 points. Braden Point plus two with 95 points. Stamkos minus five with 84 points. Yeah. Okay, so they're superstar players. Um, especially point and Stamkos, like they do kill penalties sometimes. Like, okay, I get that. But then I go to the rest of their forwards. Brandon Hagel's next, who, by the way, had a great season with 30 goals, 34 assists. Great mm-hmm. season for him. Plus 23. Alex Kalorn, also, I didn't realize how good of a season he did have statistically, which is probably why he earned the contract he did, which mm-hmm. I love Alex Kalorn, but I did not realize he put up 27 goals and 37 assists. I really didn't realize that. I knew he had a good season, but I did not realize that. Anyway, he's plus 18. So, like, and Nick Paul. 32 points plus 11. Anthony Sorelli, 29 points plus 13. My point in saying is that's the rest of their forwards and they're like top nine pretty much. So those guys having those, yeah, that's not good. Mm-hmm. You, you need to, they need to change that. So, and that's odd for them though. That is odd for them. They're usually not there. So again, that's, but I'm not even upset about it because 
how many seasons in a row can you just be so dominant and then have that? Um, when it comes to trades, I'll go back to that. The Tanner Janot one, they gave up a lot for him. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Tanner Janot guy, so if he can hang around in Tampa, that's going to be worth it because, again, these other guys are leaving. He's going to be able to replace the Maroons and the Belmars and the Perrys and the guys that have been a big part of them winning these last couple of years. So uh, staying on those guys, though, honestly, they had a down year for them. It, it just wasn't good enough, for, in my opinion. They needed those guys to step up, and they were not good enough. And I think that's one of the reasons they're all three gone. They realized we need to move on, and you need a couple more. Maroon needs to be putting in 10 goals on that team. He only had five. So, yeah, I, I gave them uh, – I ended up giving Tampa a B. Just like I said, I can't get upset with them. Mm-hmm. They had, they, they're they still there. They're still in the playoffs. I think next year they're going to compete for the Stanley Cup again. And I'm really curious to see them next year because, in my opinion, losing that first round probably was a good thing for them. It was probably a saving grace. They probably really needed that break. And I'm really excited to see what they do next year. Yeah, it's one of those things of where how much hockey can you possibly play? And I think that that's something that ended up hurting them. And it was just they had played so much hockey the last couple of years that they needed a break. And I agree, it showed. It really did show. They looked really slow and lazy and just not really in, even engaged in that Toronto series. And that's not this knock of like, oh, they don't care. It was, I think they were just burnt out. Like they just were like, we can't possibly do this again. We've played so much hockey and, and they've also won a lot too, which is awesome. So yeah, I, I, it's hard because yes, they absolutely could have won the cup and that wouldn't have been shocking, but they go out in the first round, but I'm not upset about it either. Like, I just think it's just one of those years where it's, it's the same kind of thing with like Washington for the, with the flip side of that, of where it's like, Okay, you missed the playoffs, but it's the world's not over. It's okay. You reset a little bit and then you move forward. It's the same thing with them. Like, okay, you didn't make it past the first round. Okay, no biggie. This wasn't your year anyway. Like, it, it was one of those things where, at some point, you have to come back to to earth, and they did that, and that's not like a huge deal. Like, it's not necessarily a problem, and that's something that I think is very fair for them. So, yeah, I mean, I don't have much. A ton more to add to that. I think you kind of hit on everything that I was going to say. I mean, they didn't really do much in the free agent market before the year because they had literally no cap space. And if it wasn't for Brent Seabrook's LTIR cap, it, they'd have no cap space. And, yeah, I mean, I like I like the Geno trade. Unfortunately for Tampa and for him, he got hurt, and then it just wasn't clicking. But, yeah, he's going to have some opportunities now. I mean, Perry's gone. Maroon's gone. Kalorin's gone. Like They they're, they lost. And Colton's gone couple guys they moved on from and so he'll have more for more time to play and i think that's good for him i'm also interested to see who it's going to be that the next person who steps up because i don't know their prospect pool really well enough to know but they always get somebody there's always somebody that you're like who's this guy where did he come from so it'll be interesting and then yeah i wanted to touch on the ryan mcdonough thing i think that people don't understand how drastically important he is to a playoff team because quite frankly, I think if that's the person that Toronto goes after instead of McCabe, I think it's a completely different series against Florida. I think that because that's how effective he is. I think he's able to keep Matthew Kachuk 
subdued. And I think that's really important. And so I think that if Nashville is out of contention or is looking like they're not going to be pushing for the playoffs, I really think one of these offensive heavy teams, Edmonton or Toronto, they need to really kick the tires on and make it work because I think he's the piece that they're really missing. And especially if Nashville's willing to retain salary and you could get him, you know, at the four to five million dollars, what you could do with that is just insane. So that is more of what they need. That's not what they don't need in Eric Carlson. They need that type of defenseman. So yeah, and I think that that showed. Ian Cole is not McDonough, and Ian Cole is fine. I'm certainly not sitting here bashing him, saying, "Oh, he's he's a terrible player. He's a minor league player." But it did show. It definitely showed in the playoffs. Toronto was literally eating him alive, and he was making a lot of mistakes that McDonough would never make. And so you you kind of saw that. You saw that that was happening, and the just the the change that he had on that team. So. Yeah, I, uh, I don't have much more to add to that. I also gave them a B, so we're pretty much you know spot for spot on that one. So I'll just keep us moving forward and head, head over to Toronto, my favorite team to bash. No, that's actually Pittsburgh. But actually, uh, Toronto may be my favorite team to bash just because, again, sorry, I don't think we have any Toronto fans that listen, but if we do, you can hate me and send me hate mail. It's fine. I don't care. Again, the biggest reason I hate them is because they are built incorrectly and it's showing. And I don't think that tree living is starting off too good this year with trying to change that, which, you know, I'm not going to say much more on that because we're not looking at next year. We're reviewing what happened this year, but it's just kind of ironic. So looking at signing. So they went and they signed Samson off and they signed Cal Yarncrock. I really liked both of those, those signings. They, they went a little risky with, with Samson off trade because we, I think there was a lot of question marks with him. Of what is he? Is he a starter? Is he not a starter? You know, what can he be? Can he be the next Vasilevsky, or is he more of a backup goalie? And while I'm not sure what he is yet, because it was he played well in Toronto, but then he had some spotty moments, and so I would like to see another year out of him, and then to kind of see what he has to give. But I love Cal Yarncroft. I think he's a great third line guy. He's really good on the penalty kill. He's somebody that's going to you know, put up some points, not a ton, and he's not going to cost you a ton. And so I really like that signing. They didn't spend a lot of money out of that, That was which was good because another team that doesn't have any cap space. So uh, moving on to the trades, I mean, <laughs> the Matt Murray trade brought their whole grade down. They're brought, sorry, the Matt Murray trade brought their grade down a whole letter because that's how bad that trade was. To have to give up assets for a salary dump. And decide that we're a team that struggles in net. Let's go get a goalie who has proven he's nothing but inconsistent since his cup win. Let's do that. Was terrible asset management. Terrible. And I'm still waiting for the announcement that they bought his contract out. Because I don't know what. The only thing that I can think is that they're thinking he's going to be hurt all year and be on LPIR. That's the only thing I can, I can imagine why they haven't bought him out. Because he was awful. And there's that was such a terrible trade. So they made some, I think, other okay trades. And then they, when you went, well, sorry. They made some other trades and then they mm-hmm. moved on. And at the deadline, they went, man, I really like their deadline. I mean, the O'Reilly trade was good. They gave up a lot for that trade, but they also got a Chari back too, which I think was, they really needed both of them. And I think they, 
the McCabe trade was good. He was he was what they need since they don't have Muzzin right now. And, you know, another person, unfortunately, injuries have just kind of caught up to him, and he just hasn't been able to get healthy. And so McCabe was a really good pickup for that. And at $2 million, it's just amazing. So, and then also bringing in Sam Lafferty was also good for that with both of them. But, yeah, but then they do something stupid and trade Sandine. And I felt like did not get the value for him that they should have. And it just seems like it's another person that Toronto is just like, yep, you don't fit. We'll see you. We don't care. Like, we're not even going to get full full value out of you. We're just going to move on from you. And I don't really understand the thought process there. But, eh, it was, it's interesting. I, I'm really not sure what the thought was on that. But, yeah, um, looking at, you know, the team play and stuff like that, I think that their 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 guys played well. They, they I mean, Matthews had a really good year, you know, um, and Marner had a good year as always. And but something that I wanted to point out was Tavares minus seven, mm-hmm. and Morgan Riley a negative nine, which I thought was very interesting. That that's not good. Now some of that I could say could easily be put on Murray. Like Murray let in a lot of goals he shouldn't have let in, and that's going to affect teams plus minus. But on the flip side of that, Timothy Lilligram was a plus twenty four this year. Giordano plus twenty seven. And Matthews, a plus 31. Man, he's treading in the right direction. And I really am excited to see what he's going to be able to do if they really give him some assets to work around. Because I really think that if this team can learn how to defend, and he's clearly figured out how to defend when he's on the rink, that team could be very deadly. Very deadly. And so I just wanted to point that out and, you know, say, hey, you know, great, good on Matthews for figuring out how to play defense and, and be on a the positive side of the puck and we just talked about points plus minus being very bad like he's i think that's part of what helped them win this series against tampa was the fact that matthews was able to do that so and you know they finally broke the curse they got brass first round of playoffs which i think is really good and really important for them to do but yeah so overall i gave them a b minus which you know is pretty good uh pretty good year for them but it would have been better if they had made some better trades and you know, maybe we're built the right way, but no, it is what it is. You mentioned about the Matthews. That was one of the things I wanted to bring up and Giordano and Lilgren. So I'm glad you brought that up, but with Matthews, I'm just going to touch on that. So last season he had 106 points. He was plus 20. This year he had 85 points plus 31. That just shows I'm not going to fully concentrate on my offense. I'm going to learn. I'm going to be responsible. So, yeah, I agree. Good on him. I thought, well, so like middle of the season, a lot of people were like knocking him like, oh, he's not scoring enough. He's not scoring enough. I'm like, what do you want from this guy? And coming from a Matthews, I don't want to say hater, but I definitely harp on him a lot. Like I don't love his game, all around game. You can always grow into a new player, though. So I think this was a big stepping stone for him this season. And I gained a little, I gained a little bit of respect for him because he can really impact the hockey game, and he needs to learn both sides of the puck. And I think this year was definitely a big step towards that way. So if I'm a Toronto fan, I'm lo- I, I want this guy locked up because that was a big step of making the whole team turn. Because if he can do it, anyone can do it. So and even having a guy like Marner being a Selkie candidate this year, which was very deserved. Uh, Good for him 
and Toronto needs that. So if those two guys can do that, hopefully the rest of the team follows. Unfortunately, I don't think management's following it. So that's going to be a problem. Again, that's something we can talk about a couple of weeks from now, possibly. Um, you, talk, you talked about the playoff series thing. In my opinion, losing the first round. If that's how you're going to go out, I'd rather just lose in the first round because that was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. That was truly embarrassing. If you can work so hard in that first round and do everything right for six games or five games because game one was atrocious. I remember everyone thought they were getting swept because they lost 6 nothing or whatever it was. It was a terrible game. And then they came back in those next five games and literally played perfect. Then you go up against Florida, who was obviously hungry. They, they made a lot of teams look not like themselves. Five games, down 3 nothing. really? I, that's unacceptable in my eyes. Uh, I'd rather just lose in game seven in the first round, honestly, if that's what you're going to end up showing in the second round, because you're clearly so far away if that's what you show. If they go and lose a hard-fought seven-game series in that second round, okay, you ran into a tough team. Going down like they did, they looked terrible. They looked tired after one series, and it really wasn't that hard fought because Tampa was also exhausted. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I, I really was not impressed with that at all. A 50-win team expected to win the Cup, honestly. All the trades they did, you're not going to ever see another Ryan O'Reilly on that team. You're not going to see another Luke Shen on that team. That was their chance in my eyes. I'm not saying it's done. They will be back in the playoffs and they will be competitive, but I am concerned for them. Yeah, and the uh, the Matt Murray trade was terrible, in my opinion. I just saw no value for the Maple Leafs on that, especially because they took like the majority of his contract. I don't think Ottawa retained much at all. So I didn't understand that. I get taking the chance on him if he was a cheaper goalie because he's obviously won Stanley Cups before, but even there, I don't think he was very good on those camp runs. I think it was more the Penguins teams that won those Cups than Matt Murray did, so it was a very big chance. Honestly, both goalies were a chance. Sam Sonoff was supposed to be the Caps goalie for, that was their Vasilevsky. They drafted him in the first round. He was supposed to be their guy, and he's caused issues in the locker room. He's caused, he just hasn't been a great goalie for them, so I think he uh, he really had a prove it year and I was impressed. I thought he had a solid season and the playoffs. He looked very good. Goaltending was not their fault this time. Mm-hmm. Never really thought it was, but this year there's really no if, ands or buts about it. I don't think it was on him whatsoever. Uh, one player I do want to bring up is Nick Robertson. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that whole situation. They just won't play him. I feel like they give him like a five-game chance and keep sending him back down. He's just going to be Sandine all over again. They're just going to trade him for nothing near his value. And like this year, Matthew Nyes is going to come up, and he looked like he played He played very well in the playoffs. He's going to be on the team next year. Where's Robertson fit? they got to get him in that lineup soon, or he's just going to be gone as well. And there's going to be another player that comes and goes before he's even developed fully. So. Yeah, I mean, Lilligren was heading that way. This year, they stayed a little patient with him, and look how that worked. Because it's been a, I don't remember his exact draft year, but it's been a while. So 
very good patience on their part to wait for him. And he's looking like he's going to be a solid defenseman for you for a pretty long time. So, yeah, I gave them a C plus because their season was impressive. 50 wins, 21 losses, 11 OT losses. That's a good season. Uh, but it's Toronto. It's every single year. Here we go again. Again, if they lose seven-game series in the second round, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They just look so bad in that second round. I just I, It doesn't change anything for me. So, yeah, that's my opinion on Toronto, and let's hope it continues because <laughs> it's, it's more fun when Toronto sucks. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so I'm like, what are you doing? It's yeah, your we're, turn. We're so used to... You going on the last one, and I wanted to do this one because I wanted to start talking about the Bruins. Gosh, uh, this guy. <laughs> all right, so uh, I'm not going to be as angry as Matt was when we talked about his team and the Flyers. <laughs> the season that the Bruins had is one that I will remember for the rest of my life. I understand it did not end well. It didn't end the way we all wanted it to, but. 65 wins and 12 losses and five overtime losses. Think about that. I, that's never going to happen. I watched at least 90% of the games from beginning to end. And every single game I watched, they were winning. Like they, It wasn't like there's a chance they're going to lose this. You felt it from the beginning. The season they had was so fun. I can't explain not, I mean, no other fan has ever seen it before. So as much as the fans want to harp on them about how it ended, and I was disappointed. I had That was the worst heartbreak in sports I've ever had. But after reflecting for a couple of months now, holy crap, that was so fun. I can't explain how fun that was. Uh, I thought from player standpoint, Pasternak, his game went to like a whole another level. Scoring 61 goals is unbelievable. Uh, defensively, when the season started, they started without McAvoy, without Grizzly. Hampus Lindholm stepped up, and in my opinion, should have won the Norris this year. Wasn't even nominated, but that's because defensemen don't win that award. Mm-hmm. Um, between Hampus Lindholm and Brandon Carlo, don't fall off your chair when I tell you this. They combined for a plus 93. Mind you, they start every penalty kill together. They're the penalty killing defenseman. Plus 93. It's unheard of. It's insane. Um, okay. Well, no, I'm going to stick to the season. So they fired Bruce Cassidy and brought in Jim Montgomery. Okay. Cassidy obviously is a great coach. He just went on to win the Stanley Cup with the Vegas with the Golden Knights. Um, but I think Montgomery came in and changed the team to a step that Cassidy was not going to get this team to play. They were fast. They moved the puck well. The defensemen jump into every play. And it was so fun to watch all season. And last year, DeBrusque requested a trade. And with the change, he came back to have one of the best seasons, or it by far his best season, no doubt. Um, he he just looked really good next to Marshawn and Bergeron. 
everything about his game got better. He started killing some penalties this year. He looked very, very solid. And I'm really excited to see how he leads this team for the future. I mean, he had 27 goals, 23 assists, and plus 26. So that was a great season for a guy that was minus his whole career before now. Um, I just, I don't know. I Listen, I understand. It's so hard to sit here and say how amazing this season was with how that ended because that was just so depressing to mm-hmm. see it end the way it did. But to have all 12 forwards every game contribute, literally every game, all six defensemen and both your goalies who were just unbelievable all season. Neither of them allowed more than a hundred goals this season. It's, it's crazy. And they both, Olmark played, uh, I believe I don't have it up in front of me, but he, or now I do. He played 49 games. Swayman played 37. Olmark had 91 goals against and Swayman had 76. Like that's insane. That's so, that's not, they allowed like no goals all year. They don't, the team only allowed 174 goals this season. Like it's unheard of what they did. 128 goal differential. Like it's unheard of. So it's so hard for me to do a team review of them and say, this is a D or this is a C or this is even a B. Like I can't not give them an A for how amazing this season was. Did it end? If they would have won the cup, it's an A plus, no doubt, obviously. If they would have lost in the Eastern Conference final, it's an A plus easily. I get it. Losing in that first round sucked. But the seeing the <laughs> I don't know, like trading Zaka for or trading Halla for Zaka straight up and Zaka comes in and now he's all of a sudden probably gonna be their first line center next year. I, he had a great season. He looked he looks like he fit in perfect. So from a management standpoint, they went for it. Again, it didn't work, but I can't, I don't know. I, I, I listened to an interview with Nick Foligno the other day, and they asked him what happened. He went, you want to know the honest truth? This might sound like an excuse, but I'm just going to say it. Don Sweeney did too good of a job. He brought in too many players. In game seven, they had the healthy scratch Foligno and Trent Frederick, which probably should have been in the lineup. But because there were so many players on this team, you had to make those tough decisions, and it was the wrong decision. And I think he did too good of a job this year. And but at the same time, like the team was so good, they were so good. So I don't know. I don't. I can't. It's so hard for me. And like I said on the last one, like I'm an optimistic fan, so it's hard for me to like knock them. So if you want to, please do. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to knock them, in my opinion, because of I, I can't stop looking at 12 losses. Like, that's unheard of. <laughs> so, anyway, I'll turn it over to you because I just, I'm just going to sound like I'm saying they're the greatest thing that's ever existed, but they kind of were this year, mm-hmm. except for seven games worth. Well, realistically, three games worth. So, anyway, I'm going to turn it over to you and you give me your opinion. Yeah. I mean, they made history for a reason. You know, this. This was the best team in NHL history for a reason. And that I would agree with that statement. So, <coughs> excuse me. Sweeney did too good of a job. And that was, unfortunately, the Hall and the Fleet of injury came at the worst possible time. Because I think if they didn't have both of those injuries, they wouldn't have acquired one of Hathaway or um, Bertuzzi. 
And so I think that unfortunately, because that happens, they're kind of in a in hard ports. We don't know who's going to come back. We want to make sure we have people. We want to make sure we're covered. And it just didn't happen. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. I really don't have much negative to say because they really did have such a good year and, and use that enough. I don't need to reiterate what you just said because you did a great job with it. But unfortunately it looks like, Oh, they failed because they couldn't get out of the first round. But it just is one of those things where they hit it. Uh, they hit a good team and then they got in their own heads and just, and just couldn't figure it out. And I don't think that that changes how good of a team this is and how good of a year this was. And so it sucks. It really sucks. And I feel bad for some of the Boston fans. I mean, some of them I don't feel bad for because some of them are <laughs> like Philly fans and they suck. But, you know, every, every team has that. But I really do feel bad to, to go and have such a good year and then to not get out of the first round of playoffs. It's just – and I guess a team that shouldn't have even been there. Like, just it just sucks. But, yeah. But to, to break it down, though, to, for me, like, as I look through it, and I look through like, okay, what did they do in free agency and stuff like that? That you know, I, I they didn't do a whole lot with the free agency. I mean, pretty much the only person that they signed that played in, played initial games with him was Greer. That was it, and he played really well. You know, he was a good signing, good a good somebody that's I think is is kind of getting his, is finding his feet in the NHL and what his role will look like. And it took him a while, but he figured it out. And then I look at like the trades. I mean, that whole Zaka trade was great. You know, and it's and it's to me, it's not Boston fleecing New Jersey. It was a good trade at the time, and then Montgomery said, "I'm going to get more out of this kid," and and pushed him to become a really good player and somebody that's, <clears throat> excuse me, somebody that's going to be a first line center. And and whether that's this year, next year, the year after that, he's going to be that guy, and he's going to be that guy in Boston for a long time. And he's very effective. And it's funny because when the year he got, so he got drafted in 2015, he got picked with the sixth overall pick. Flyers picked at seven. I wanted him so badly, so badly. And then I was like, okay, he's not available. At least that makes it better instead of them just not picking the person I wanted, which I understand that sometimes that happens and it's okay. But sometimes it really pisses me off, like letting Cole Caulfield go. But Anyway, I, I not to slap York because I really do like York and not to make this a Philly thing, but one of those things of where I really wanted this guy because I really thought there was something there. And then I was just left just like wanting more with him in Jersey all the time. And I'm just like, I just don't know what he is. I don't know if he's a grinder or a power forward. I don't know if he's a playmaker or a goal scorer. I don't know if he's a top six guy or if he's a bottom six guy. I just really just, just left wondering. Then he gets to Boston and now we know what he is. And so I think the question mark next year is going to be, can he do it again? And I think he can, absolutely. And that's where I'm, I'm interested to see what Montgomery is going to do with a new group because he's going to have a lot of different players. And he's going to have some some people back, but a couple new faces and, and maybe not some of the older guys that they can really rely on are not going to be in that locker room this year. So I think that they, you know, they did a really – I mean, a really, they had a really, really, really good year. And they, Sweeney made a lot of good moves. And even the hiring of Montgomery was great. And, <clears throat> sorry. Excuse me. Again, it's one of those days. <laughs> and I just really, I like 
all the moves they made. They didn't make anything that I was like, ooh, I don't know about that. There was none of that. Everything they made, they, they got good value. They got pieces that they needed, stuff like that. So I ended up giving them an A, an a- minus rating just because they, they should have done more in the playoffs, but they didn't. And it's almost a shame that this is a FIFA because, you know, they would, have won, they would be, the, they'd be the champions. But, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's all I got for Boston. It's a bummer, it's a bummer of a season, but I still think that there's some stuff there and, and we'll see what they end up doing this, this year. But, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, and going forward with them, like, I think people forget how good their defense really is. Their defense, of course, is so solid. And, as much as people, stupid Boston fans, your stupid armchair GM fans, just want to trade Grizzly and Carlo, like those guys are legit top pairing, top forward pairing defensemen in the NHL, and I think a lot of teams would recognize that. So it's one of those things like be careful what you wish for because when they're gone, you'll really notice it. I'm surprised how many Boston fans really do that with Carlo because when he is out of the lineup. Their penalty kill is like their penalty kill percentage is like at least like fifteen percent worse or something like that. It's crazy how much worse it is. I'm surprised how many people do, but whatever. Fans will always be fans. You're always gonna have to deal with it. They hate players that don't put up points. If you don't put up points, you suck at this sport. And I don't understand why that's the case, but whatever. People will always be people. Fans will always be fans. But people like me and you will always recognize those players and understand how important they are to your team. So, I mean, it's hard to, I don't know. It sucks. It just sucks that the season ended the way it did. I, I'm still disappointed in that. But, you know, I, again, like I'll just go back to the regular season. Just one more thing real quick. Five players were above plus 30. They had five players on their team that were better than plus 30. 13 that were better than plus 20. They and that makes sense, obviously, when your goal differential is plus 128. Like, you're obviously going to have a lot of pluses. But that just shows how well-structured this team really was. And it's like the thing that I was surprised about in the playoffs was, like, okay, they didn't face any adversity during the season. But, like, it's not like if you every one of their games were, like, 5-1. to one. Like, they just won every game, like, 3-1, to 2-1, to 4-1. to one. Did they have their blowouts? Of course. But... A lot of the games, especially when they were playing against the Tampas, the Torontos, the, the the playoff teams, they were all close hockey games. They were just winning them all. Mm-hmm. So that's why I really thought come playoff time, like they're they're going to be okay. It just wasn't. But again, it wasn't. <laughs> I keep harping back to like so when Tampa lost to Columbus, it was a sweep. Columbus looked like the better team in those four games. I didn't feel that way about this. I really didn't. They were a Marshawn breakaway goal away from winning. They were one Omar save in game six from winning the series. They were up three to two with a minute left in game seven, and they allowed a late goal. There were so many opportunities for them to take that series, and they just didn't. They, They missed that one little piece. If they win that series, they're probably going all the way. They're beating Toronto. I think we all know that. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's Carolina. And you just, it, it, it's hard to tell, like, because I'm not going to play the what if game, but it's not like they got completely outplayed in that playoff series. So that's where I look at them and go, it is what it is. And you move on. And hopefully next year they can just recover. And obviously they're not going to have 65 games or 65 wins next year. 
because nobody's ever done it. They're not repeating it, and that's okay. If but I'm already taking deep breaths because mm-hmm. <laughs> I can already tell it's going to be a long season. They could win 55 games, and it's not going to be enough for people. Mm-hmm. So because people are the worst, so. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be a long season. To me, if they make the playoffs next year, it's a it's a win. And if they're in, look out because they're going to be gunning for that playoffs. Because every team that has ever broken a record has never won the cup, but the following year they win. Mm. So it'll be very interesting next year to see if they can. Again, that'll be our preview, and we'll get to that. But yeah, I, I'm going to stick with the A, and I'll always love the Bruins. And let's hope. Uh, Let's hope. I'm sure people, or I guess I was, I was going to say, let's hope people don't get too angry with me, but I'm sure some people are going to disagree, but that's just my opinion. I'm a positive person, so I'm going to say great season by them, just disappointing finish. Mm-hmm. I think that's totally fair and very, I think it's better to have that perspective of it instead of, oh, they suck or the worst, they need to trade everybody. Yeah. That doesn't help anybody anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. the uh, <laughs> I was looking through their they're plus minus. So they have five, two, four, six, seven, seven people on the 34 people who played from this year that were negative. Yeah. Two of them played over nine games. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> it is. And there are two negatives that played. So Zavoral was negative one, played 22 games. Hathaway, surprisingly, was negative one, and he played 25 games. Yeah. So. Which is just, that's strange to me. But anyway, the rest of them are all like minor league guys who came up for like one, two, three games kind of thing. And one dude was negative three goals in one game. That's not very good. But yeah. anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. Jeez. But yeah, it's. <laughs> Come yeah. on, Joey. Stop making him cough. Jeez. Yeah, that guy. What a guy. But yeah, so fun season. It's It's definitely something that. It's disappointing for sure, and even as a non-Boston fan, it was disappointing to see that that run of just boom, 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 just beating everybody lose like that. Just frustrating when they just handed they handed Florida the series, mm-hmm. and there's just not really another way to like putting it nicely is, is putting it that way. And but uh, overall, though, it was still a good year. So yeah. Anything else? Nope. I am good. I got that off my chest. No, I don't have to think about that one anymore. I was nervous to talk about this one. <laughs> Fair enough. At least you didn't have to absolutely rip your, well, former GM now about <laughs> how much they suck at their job. Yeah. I just have to rip the fan base because they don't have patience and they don't have sense. So I have to always listen and read those. But, hey, I'll always be the optimistic guy. So mm-hmm. I'm okay. And because there's nothing to complain about, this team has been competitive for my pretty much my lifetime. So I can't complain. Mm-hmm. I have zero complaints. I um not not to go too far into this, but like just for the people out there that don't know, like I'm not a huge football fan, but like I'm a Texans fan of football. Trust me, it sucks to be <laughs> that team at the bottom all the time. So I appreciate the fact that my hockey team is very, very good and they're always competitive and they're always in the playoffs. I appreciate that. And I don't take that for granted. So when they have a season like this, I'll never forget it because it was very, very fun. Just remember Patrice Bergeron is signing in Montreal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just, as a, well, as a defenseman, it frustrates me with the whole 
and I'm not going to go crazy into this because it's so annoying and is what it is, but like the whole Norris thing and when, yeah. And you, what you said about the, if they don't put up points, then, then people think they suck. And I think Brandon Carlo is one of the best defensemen in the league, but nobody will ever recognize that because he doesn't put up enough points. And he had 16 points this year in 75 games. And it's just like, but he's so important. And that's the other thing is like, everybody's trading Derek Forbitt for a sixth round pick mm-hmm. or a seventh round pick. It's like a salary dump thing. And I'm like, you guys, did you not hear the statistic? Like, the, I don't watch a ton of Boston games, but the one, like one of the few Boston games I watched, he had just come back, and they were showing the penalty kill percentage and the win percentage of the team with him in the lineup versus him out of the lineup, and it was crazy. I mean, crazy. And I'm like, and I don't like, I don't look at Forbin and go, wow, he's just he's so underrated. He's just super effective, and it's like, and he, and the thing with him is he's very big. But he's so not a goon. Like, just not like he uses his size to defend, not to hurt people or hit people or anything like that. Like, he just defends well. And so it's something that I think is interesting. People are, you know, constantly crapping on. And it's even like Grizzly. Like, I mean, quite frankly, I think Montgomery did a great job. But I, if I could criticize him on one thing, I do not understand why Clifton was playing over Grizzly. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't get it. I really don't. Clifton is not Grizzly. Grizzly is so much more effective. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if there was a knock on Montgomery, he he struggled a little bit in the playoffs. His adjustments weren't the best. I'll I'll give I'll give that he he did struggle. But hey, lessons learned. He's a, still a younger coach. He took Dallas pretty far the one year, and I think he's I still think he's the man for the job. I think people are nuts to say that you're really going to try to fire this guy after a seven game series that you lost in overtime. Like <laughs> you lost by one goal, and we're going to fire the guy after winning sixty five games. Just, uh, yeah, it, trust me, he's the guy. He's the guy going forward. He'll be here for a while, and I'm looking very much forward to it because he's a very good coach. Absolutely, yeah. And if you fire him, you should not own an NHL team anymore. Yep. But anyway, all right, well, that wraps up our Atlantic Division preview, teams one through four. So thank you all for listening. We appreciate the support, and we will catch you all next round. Thank you all.